scripture reading will be from Acts chapter 9, verses 23 through 25. Acts chapter 9, verses 23 through 25. And if you're following along in the Red Pew Bible, I'm on page 918. When many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him, but his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. Keep your Bibles open, if you would, to Acts chapter 8, and we're going to uh, be making some observations from that chapter and Acts chapter 9 as well in just a moment. I want to talk to you for a few minutes tonight about how God uses us, how he uses Christians. As I read scripture, I find that God uses people in his service who are steady and daily and obscure and ordinary in their faithfulness. As a matter of fact, throughout Scripture, if you read between the lines, if you pay attention to some of the details that maybe you and I don't spend as much time thinking about, God uses people who find needs and meet them. In fact, I know that January 1st and New Year resolutions are coming up. One great New Year's resolution for you to make would be this. This year, I want every day to find a need and meet it. Think about what would change in your life if every day you found a need, a way that you could serve God and then met that need. But God uses people in his service who are steady and ordinary. And I use that word in air quotes because there's nothing ordinary about faith, but ordinary faithfulness, serving God in ways that aren't recognized and aren't always acknowledged and aren't always appreciated. That's what God wants from every one of us. And so the sermon tonight is entitled, Ordinary Christians. You know, when you read the Bible, sometimes you get the sense that my faith ought to be like that of Daniel. Daniel uh, was thrown in the lion's den because he stood up for his faith. Or my faith ought to be like that of Paul, who was shipwrecked and who was beaten and who was persecuted at every turn. Or my faith ought to be like that of Peter and Andrew and James and John, who very famously did some outstanding, some amazing, wonderful things in God's service. And I say to you again, in God's service, the people that God uses are the people who are working quietly and finding needs and meeting them. And that's what I want you to, ch to challenge you to do in your life. Find needs, meet them, be faithful to God in ordinary ways. And then if God chooses, he may use one of us. He may use you to do something extraordinary, but that's not normal. That's not every day. It's ordinary faithfulness, it's ordinary Christians that God uses. And I wanna show you in Acts chapters eight and nine, in Acts chapters eight and nine, there's kind of a transition happening in the book of Acts. The gospel is leaving Jerusalem for the first time. It's been centered in, it's been focused in Jerusalem, Acts chapters one through seven, and now because of the persecution of Stephen, there is a scattering of the church. And what God does in this time in the church's history is to use ordinary Christians serving faithfully, quietly in obscure places to bring his cause to fruition. Let me just share with you seven ordinary groups or individuals in these chapters 
worth thinking about. If you're looking at Acts chapter 8, I want you to notice, first of all, this evening, Acts chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. And I want you to notice, first of all, the saints who buried a friend. Maybe you've not thought about this because we're thinking about Stephen who just was martyred and Saul. But it says in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, Saul approved of Stephen's execution. And then it says, there arose that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. They were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. And then verse 2 of Acts chapter 8 tells us, devout, that means godly, faithful, ordinary, devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. Did you ever stop and think about what they risked just to bury their friend? Their friend had just been stoned because of his faith. And they were going to go, these Christian men, and pick up their friend's body. And they were going to make sure that he was honored by being buried. And the Bible makes mention of their sacrifice. The Bible makes mention of their service to their friend. It tells us this for a couple of reasons. Number one, because the Christians were not Even though they were about to be scattered because of persecution, they were not going to stop faithfully serving God, even after what happened to Stephen. But number two, it also helps us to realize and to recognize that when God's servants pass from this life, it's a noble thing to honor them as they did Stephen. The saints who buried a friend, faithfully serving to the glory of God and honoring Stephen in the process, making great lamentation. The church was upset over what had happened to this this man of God. Second, as you look through this passage, look at Acts chapter eight and verse four, and notice the saints who preached the word. In Acts chapter eight, verse four, ordinary Christians, ordinary faithful Christians, the scripture says in Acts chapter eight, verse four, those who were scattered went about preaching the word. The New King James says they went everywhere preaching the word. It does not mention their names. Oh, we have the names of people like Philip, the evangelist who's gonna show up in just a few verses. But most of the people that went everywhere preaching the word are never mentioned in the Bible. Why did they preach, pray tell? Why would they have been all about the work of preaching the gospel everywhere they went? Because they believed in Jesus Christ and they believed that people needed to hear that message. Why'd they go everywhere preaching the word? Because they knew that men were going to be lost if they did not say something. Why'd they go everywhere preaching the word? Because they knew that they were servants of a great God and they knew that their efforts could help people to know him. Over and over, you see in the book of Acts, those early Christians taking personal responsibility. Here's a question worth thinking about. If you, if I, if we were the only person in the world that knew the gospel, could we be trusted with it? Would we do what they did? Would we go everywhere sharing the gospel message with those who would listen? Ordinary faithfulness. And God used them to spread his word all through Judea and Samaria and ultimately to the uttermost parts of the earth. Keep looking at the passage. In Acts chapter 9, we're going to skip forward just a little bit. In Acts chapter 9, Saul of Tarsus meets Jesus on the road to Damascus. And he goes into Damascus and he's blind. And the scripture says that he's fasting and praying for three days. And then the Bible tells us, notice if you would in Acts chapter 9, it says in verse 16. Excuse me, let's back up just a little bit. Verse 16 of work. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. 
And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight and to the house of Judas and look for a man of Tarsus called Saul. Behold, he is praying. He's seen a vision of a man named Ananias who comes in and lays his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. And Ananias was kind of worried about this. He answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he's done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. And Jesus says to him, go, for he's a chosen instrument of mine. And he gives instructions about what's going to happen with Saul of Tarsus. As you look through the book of Acts, it's interesting that in Acts chapter 2, Peter preaches to multitudes. He preaches to thousands, doesn't he? And on that day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people obey the gospel. And you say, what a great thing for Peter to do. What a great response on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, verses 40 and 41. But here, Jesus speaks to Ananias personally, and he sends one man to go speak to another man. And all we know about Ananias is what we read in these few verses, and then the parallel accounts in chapter 22 and chapter 26 of Acts. But here's a man that went to talk to Saul of Tarsus because he believed that Jesus was telling him something that he needed to do. He believed the Lord's word and he, with very, with very great courage, went and spoke to Saul. And think about what the world would be like if Saul of Tarsus had never heard the gospel and never been able to obey. It was Ananias who said in Acts chapter 22, verse 16, arise and be baptized and wash away your sin, calling upon the name of the Lord. You never know when you teach one person what kind of fruit, what kind of change is going to happen in the world just based on the teaching of that one individual. God uses people who are faithful to him in ordinary ways. And God can take those ordinary acts of service. He can take those things that we do and God can magnify those in whatever ways he chooses to his glory. Notice next, as you're looking at Acts chapter nine, the saints who held the ropes of a basket. I'm fascinated by this. Saul was baptized and he began to preach and teach. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 9, verse 21, people who were hearing him were amazed and they, they just couldn't believe that the change had taken place in his life. It says again in verse 22, Saul increased all the more in strength, confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. And then it tells us when many days had passed, verse 23, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him. And in verse 25, this is a passage Clint read just a moment ago, his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. What are these men doing? What are these disciples doing? They're helping Saul. They're helping their new brother in Christ who is in danger to escape. And they're holding onto those ropes and they're lowering him down slowly in that basket. They cared about their brother. They wanted him to go other places and to continue to preach the word of Christ. They wanted him to be the missionary and the apostle that Jesus had called him to be. And they were willing to help him in that endeavor. You know, sometimes we think in our lives that the things we're doing in the Lord's service are not significant. We think that they're not important. We might think that nobody appreciates or sees or notices, and maybe they don't. Some of the things we do in the Lord's service. But what if? What if nobody had been willing to let Saul down through a hole in the wall? What if nobody had been willing to go and talk to Saul of Tarsus? 
What if nobody had been willing to go everywhere preaching the word? The Lord's cause would have been diminished. God works through ordinary servants of his who are being faithful every day. As you continue looking at the passage in Acts chapter 9, notice verses 26 through 30. This is a more famous, a more well-known account. Barnabas, Saul comes to Jerusalem and he tries to join the disciples. And the Bible indicates in the Greek tense of Acts chapter 9 verse 26 that he repeatedly tried to join the disciples. So he went to the assemblies and he went to the temple and he found the Christians and Saul was trying his best to worship with them and to teach them and to work with them. And the Bible says they were afraid. They were afraid of Saul. And the scripture tells us that Barnabas, whose name means son of encouragement, Barnabas believed in Saul. And Barnabas put his arm around Saul and took him to the apostles first. And he told the apostles all about how Saul had been converted and all about how Saul had been preaching the gospel in Damascus and he introduced him to the church. He believed the best about a newcomer. You think we need some people like Barnabas today? In the Lord's church, could you be somebody like Barnabas? Could you find someone who's new, someone who's unknown to the church and could you help welcome them and introduce them to the people of God? I tell you, the church needs people who think like Barnabas and who act like Barnabas because God works faithfully through people who are ordinary in their faithfulness. I don't think this is the only time in Barnabas's life he ever did something like this. How about you? I don't think this is the only time in his life that he ever looked across the audience and said, there's somebody that I don't know, I don't recognize. I wanna get to know that person and I wanna help them be a part of God's people. We need people with that kind of spirit even today. Find a need. Meet that need to the glory of God. As you continue looking through the passage, look at Acts chapter 9, verses 36 through 39. The saint who was full of good works. Who's full of good works? It's this lady named Tabitha, also known as Dorcas, in Acts chapter 9, verse 36. The scripture says, in those days she became ill and died. She had been full of good works and acts of charity, but she came ill and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And the scripture says, since Lydia was near Joppa, the disciples hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him and urged him, please come to us without delay. And Peter rose and went to them, it says. And when, they, when he arrived, they took him to the upper room and all the widows stood beside him weeping and showing the tunics and other garments that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Here is a sweet Christian lady that loves the Lord with all of her heart. And when you ask Dorcas, when you ask Tabitha, what kinds of things do you do in service to God? Do you speak to thousands in the temple on the day of Pentecost? No, no, not Tabitha, not Dorcas. Have you ever been let down through a window? Have you ever had to escape in the middle of the night in order to Flee persecutors? No, not Dorcas, not Tabitha. What has she been doing? She's been quietly, humbly, faithfully making garments so that she can bless her sisters and brothers in Christ. And God takes those ordinary acts of service from her life and God records that in his word. Isn't it fascinating how God works? The things that ordinary people do in faithful service to God and God takes those and every once in a while in the Bible, it'll just pick up and lift an example like Dorcas. 
and it'll show you the kind of person that she was and the kind of impact she had on the people around her. You and I ought to take encouragement from the ordinary, quote unquote, Christians that we read about in Scripture. And then this, look at Acts chapter 9, verse 43, the end of Acts chapter 9. All through Acts 8 and 9, you see these ordinary saints doing ordinary things that God uses and mentions in extraordinary ways. Simon the Tanner, the scripture says, when Peter goes to Joppa, he stayed for many days with this man named Simon the Tanner. Where do you stay in the first century if you go from town to town, place to place? They don't have motels and hotels. Where do you stay? You are dependent on the hospitality of people that care about you, people that would welcome you. And here's Simon. He's a Christian. And he opens his home to Peter. And Simon becomes witness to the first Gentile conversion because men come and fetch Peter. And Peter goes and, and he preaches to Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. He opened his home. He cared enough to share what he had with other saints who were serving the Lord. The point of all these examples this evening, brothers and sisters and friends, is once again to say, the key to serving God is not finding great things to do. It's not finding wonderful, massive, huge ways in which we can change the entire society around us it's not making some great example of ourselves. The way to serve God in all sincerity is to wake up every morning and to serve God until we go to bed at night and then to wake up the next morning and to serve God until we go to bed at night and to do that quietly and to do that faithfully day after day, year after year until the Lord returns or takes us home. Be that kind of Christian. And if God so chooses that you are involved in something that is notable and noteworthy, that's his decision. You and I, let's be faithful Christians. Let's find needs and meet them. Let's be perfectly ordinary in our service to an awesome and extraordinary God. If we can help you to obey God's word this evening, by belief in Christ and confession of his name, repentance of your sin and baptism, you can become just a Christian. If we can help you to do that this evening or if we can help you to, uh, by praying with you and praying for you, we'd love the opportunity to do that. Won't you make your need known while together we stand and while we sing.